Welcome to another episode of the ASMR University Podcast. I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this podcast explores the history, the art, and the science of autonomous sensory meridian response. If you have any questions or feedback, my email is asmruniversity at gmail.com or you can use the comment box at my website asmruniversity.com In the prior episode I highlighted many of the contributions made by Jennifer Allen to the rise the progress in the understanding of ASMR. In this episode, I will read the first part of an interview I did with Jennifer, and she will explain the details and inside stories about the following. Her involvement in the first forum thread about ASMR, her creation of the term ASMR, her founding of the ASMR Facebook group and the ASMR Facebook page, her creation of the ASMR research website, and her fight to keep the first Wikipedia page about ASMR alive. In the next episode, I will read the second part of the interview, which will involve more of her perspectives and insights about the past, present, and future of ASMR. All right, before I get to the first part of our interview, I have two housekeeping items to cover. The first item is a quick reminder that I will be sharing some of your ASMR experiences in future episodes of this podcast as part of the Voices of ASMR project. If you've not yet shared your ASMR experiences, then you can just go to the website, asmr.com, and click the link on the homepage that says Voices of ASMR. Or you can just use the link in the show notes of this episode. And you may hear me share your specific ASMR experiences on a future episode of this podcast. The second housekeeping item is to thank E.G. Stiles for writing a recent review in the U.S. iTunes store. Here's what this listener wrote. Best ASMR podcast on the net. I've listened to all of your podcast episodes 
and they always relax me, making it easy to sleep. I found the podcast very informing and interesting to see how ASMR was started and how it has evolved. Also, I noticed your voice changes a little bit when you read quotes, which always triggers my ASMR. Thank you for the podcast, and I can't wait for the new episodes. Thank you, E.G., for your very kind review. I really appreciate it. If you are also interested in writing a review, then you may use the link in the show notes of this episode. Or you can go directly to iTunes or to the Apple Podcast app and click the review button for this podcast. I look forward to reading your review and sharing it on a future episode. Now on to part one of my interview with Jennifer Allen. We did the interview through email, so I will be reading her replies to you. You can also read or print out the interview transcript. There will be a link to the interview in the show notes of this episode. Or you can just enter Jennifer Allen in the search box at my website, and the interview should pop up in the results. And now here are my interview questions, followed by Jennifer's answer to each one. I'll be alternating between my right and left microphone when I read her replies, so this audio may be best experienced with headphones. When did you first become aware of the concept of ASMR? I first remember experiencing ASMR and noting that it was a strange occurrence in my early 20s. I searched the internet a number of times for any indication of what the experience was or who else might share it but found nothing for over a decade. I would continue to periodically check, but never came up with results until I stumbled on the SteadyHealth.com forum thread titled Weird Sensation Feels Good. Once I read the accounts of others, I realized what I was experiencing was similar and decided to pursue answers. What do you remember about your involvement in the Steady Health forum thread? I posted around 2009 as a guest on the Part 2 thread. I posted initially to share my own experiences and then Seeing interest in finding answers, I suggested we begin a group to organize. 
Nobody seemed to know where to start, so I jumped in. I opened a Facebook group and created a term that would be easy for people to talk about without fear or ridicule. Do you, do you remember the exact day and or moment in February of 2010 that you coined the term ASMR? I do. Despite the season, I was extremely warm. My home office faces the sun, and the temperature had risen to an uncomfortable degree. I wanted to start the Facebook group and then get out of my office as soon as possible. I'd started sweating. I sat in my chair, staring at my desk in the sticky note I'd put in front of myself to jot down whatever idea that came up. I remember thinking, I really needed to take time and come up with a good term. I had the distinct feeling that it was important, even though my self-doubt kept telling me I was wasting my time and being silly. I came up with a lot of ideas, trying to think of one that would capture the key components of the sensation without the possibility of being too embarrassing or too removed from the actual experience. I ended up listing the key characteristics and then looked for terms that would adequately describe each one. In retrospect, a shorter term would have been easier for, for some people to digest. And I've heard a lot of criticism that the name is pseudoscientific. I think there was no winning on that subject. I either chose a cutesy, simplistic name or picked words objectively and literally. Yes, it turns out you can use a dictionary without a PhD. Either way, I would have annoyed someone. My biggest concern was that it would make people comfortable using it. I knew that would determine whether or not we would begin to organize and gain the numbers needed to reach everyone, get consensus, and bring the community out in the open. I used to apologize for the term, but now I just shrug because, hey, it worked. I think I still have that post-it in my office. What inspired you to coin the term ASMR and how did you decide those exact words? After reading the comments of others, I realized people would never be able to open up 
about what they were experiencing, unless it could be discussed in a way that was objective, not tied to emotional or deeply personal terminology, and not suggesting aspects that were not in line with their personal experience. People perceive the meaning of words differently. And a phrase that uses words tied to sexual or taboo activity or words that have no immediate apparent connection to the topic tend to cause people to form opinions about the validity or intent of the subject at hand. I knew was something as difficult to describe and as sensitive for people to open up about as ASMR that we would need something that objectively and definitively named the sensation. Using a clinical word was the best option to improve how the versioning community would feel about using and telling others about the word. Critics like to call the term pseudoscientific, but I contend that in this climate of abject skepticism and immediate gratification for knowledge, anything less formal or explicit would have failed to meet the needs in this very unique social circumstance. The name was what it had to be to help the community survive, and that was my mission. What inspired you to create the Facebook ASMR group in 2010? After reading the SteadyHealth.com forum thread, I realized that no one was organizing a community at that point in a way that would promote sharing and research. I knew that if I wanted answers, I would have to start by getting people to open up and talk about what was happening to them and how the experiences were like. I knew we needed large-scale consensus before the rest of the world would pay attention. People needed a place to interact that was safe and easy. What inspired you to create the website asmr-research.org? in 2010. After a year of building the community, I knew people wanted more from the group. Many people were happy to find others they could share their experiences with, but also wanted answers on what was happening to them and how far the similarities of their experience 
extend to others around the world. I started the research website and sent invitations to the first members of the research team to do what nobody else was yet interested in doing. What were the goals of ASMR-research.org? We wanted to promote understanding, study the experience, network the community, and find answers in any way we could. We also wanted to provide compelling information to spur more interest from the scientific communities related to the phenomenon. Finding and distributing compelling information became a focus for the group to achieve all the other goals. The website helped provide a landing place for the early information, helped reach an audience that might not be on Facebook or might be uncomfortable sharing their membership with their social network. Some people left the early group when they realized others in their friends list could see they had joined. And it also gave us a platform to collect data. Can you share some information on the other research team members? I am lucky to have the company of the team, which has changed over time, but has always been populated by members of the community. I started the team a year after the Facebook page, when it became obvious that people were looking for more answers than just socializing could provide. I reached out to some of the most active, enthusiastic, and positive members on the Facebook group and asked them to take specific roles in a grassroots research and development team. Each team member participated in different ways and to different degrees as their schedules and interests dictated. We promoted the group, spread information about the term ASMR, and conducted surveys and interviews to gather more information. Every activity helped promote awareness, and I think it is because of the team that the community has grown so quickly. Andrew McMurris was one of the original team members I invited to join. Andrew started the Unnamed Feeling blog in 2010 to seek others who were experiencing the same thing. Andrew did the most direct promotion, 
blogging on the unnamed feeling, moderating some of the extended forums in the group, and conducting outreach to a variety of social sites. Andrew has cross-posted many of the community milestones onto his blog, and his writings were instrumental in spreading awareness of the community in the first few years. He resides in South Africa and was initially the most skeptical about our efforts, but has ended up being one of the biggest advocates for the community. If anyone asked me who on the team to thank for the community exploding as it has, I would point them in his direction. He continues to participate in the community and his blog. Dimaggio Bolage was the second person to join the Facebook group. Thanks for taking a chance, Dimaggio. Look what happened. He's been a consistent member of the community from the very beginning and has helped the team with outreach and insight. He resides in Croatia and was studying law when he joined the team. Ryan Perez was also a member of the original team and has been a promoter and active community member since the beginning of the group. He resides in the U.S. and is an active singer and songwriter, as well as a student of English literature. Ryan initially started the Society of Sensationalists group in 2008. He founded the group to search in the same way that everyone was searching then for others having the same experience. The group eventually died out, and then he joined the ASMR research team later, as well as participated in the Facebook group and various activities since that time. Carissa Burgess, now Carissa Burnett, came to the team later and took over the role of coordinating research efforts. She brings a strong academic background in psychology and neuroscience to the team, which was greatly needed to help refine our focus. She's been very energetic and ready to help with the latest research efforts, as you know. Susan Wainwright Priest, who resides in England, joined the team during a period when I was extremely busy in my personal and work life, so she hasn't had as many opportunities to join in the efforts as the rest of the team, but she has continued to be a positive and active proponent of the community. Torsten Wiedemann is an ethnobotanist and serotonin researcher 
residing in Australia. He joined the team group to provide insight into the potential links to serotonin and to help explore the best research angles for our early surveys and interviews. Notably, all of the team members, past and present, experience ASMR, which has helped in providing perspective to our activities and focus. What is the current status of the ASMR-research.org site? The website is currently offline. I would like to reactivate the page, but I'm seeking a different platform and a reconstruction of the site to house useful information and tools for the community. I'm currently evaluating a cloud server and will launch a splash page soon, late March. With mainstream research finally moving, the focus of the new site will lean towards community resources and tools for those who experience ASMR. The site will also link to active sites like ASMR University for research updates and news. With my busy schedule, I may ask for assistance from the community or make the site static and rely on links to actively maintain the sites for regular content. What inspired you to create the ASMR Facebook page in 2011? I created the Facebook page to expand discussion from the Facebook group and let the general public view information about ASMR without taking the plunge and joining the private group. It was around that time that Facebook expanded the functionality of groups and pages, so I wanted to take advantage of the distinction. What was your involvement with the first Wikipedia page about ASMR, which was created in 2011. The Wikipedia article was started by a community member and quickly expanded on by the community. Unfortunately, it didn't meet the standards of the Wikipedia editors and was quickly voted against for removal. As for my involvement, I passionately attempted to convince the equally passionate Wikipedia editors to keep the original page intact. I must admit, ignorance in the finer requirements of Wikipedia entries, and thus may have fought inappropriately, but I'm happy to say the page has been reinstated since that time by the community. I decided to avoid major edits after the reinstatement, 
as I am considered a biased source of information. On a side note, if there's space and time for me to rant a bit, I would love to take a moment to explain a bit of misinformation on the current Wikipedia article. I never mistook the word meridian for orgasm. I wanted to use a word that would replace the word orgasm and reference the dictionary definition for which entries included the noun form, quote, a point or period of highest development, greatest prosperity, or the like, end quote. And the adjective form, quote, of or indicating a period of greatest prosperity, splendor, success, etc., end quote, as indicated by dictionary.com. So thank you very much, but no. I did not at any point confuse meridian for orgasm. Quite the opposite. I knew very well meridian was not orgasm, and that was quite the point. Is it too obvious that bugged me a bit? That concludes the first part of the interview for this episode. In the next podcast episode, you'll hear the second and final part of the interview, which will include Jennifer's responses to the following questions. How do you feel about the current widespread use of the term ASMR? What do you think about as you reflect back on this recent past when you were so involved with ASMR? How have your understandings and perspectives about ASMR changed since 2007? Do your current friends and associates know of your historical involvement with ASMR? Have you ever had an ASMR celebrity moment when someone came up to you and asked, are you that, Jennifer Allen? What do you think will be the next big step for the ASMR community? What are your other major interests or deep passions besides ASMR? How is ASMR a part of your life today? Stay tuned for the answer to those questions in the next episode. If you are enjoying this podcast, then it would be greatly appreciated if you could write a review on iTunes. 
You can use the link in the show notes of this episode, or just go directly to iTunes or to the Apple Podcast app and click the review button for this podcast. I know doing that takes time, so I will sincerely and personally thank you at the start of a future episode. Until next time, I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this has been an episode of the ASMR University Podcast.